When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of FPL Black Box. I'm Az, and alongside me, as ever, is the one and only Mr. Mark Southerns. How are you, Mark? Good evening. Thanks for that introduction. Um, I hope everyone can hear me. I'm not <laughs> falling for it a second week running if people start trolling in the comments. Sorry, is that, is that Mr. Mark Southerns or is that PewDiePie? It's hard to, oh, it's hard yeah. to know. Yeah, with the RGB and everything. Yeah, well, I know. Fancy, it, fancy. I haven't finished yet. This is This still looks like a shed, to be honest. Um, it's got carpets and stuff like that. Um, and bookshelves and nice, but I haven't got the RGB lighting or the, the soundproofing up yet. So, um, that, that's coming. So week by week, you'll see this, you'll see me turn into uh PewDiePie and so on. Yeah. If only we had the following that PewDiePie. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, if we get anywhere near the subs, we'd be doing all right. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> so you, um, I mean, we're going to talk week. about it in a bit, but oh my God, your goalkeeper situation this week is hilarious. Well, you're not going to put it down to luck, are you? I'm, I don't I, know if it's luck, but it's bloody jammy when so many goalkeepers miss out that you have like the one goalkeeper who performs well on your bench who comes on. No, I mean, the thing is, I, I got a few DMs about this, uh, mentioning the jam word, but <laughs> I said all along that I won't go Forster. I want Sanchez just in case. I did think Kepper would get a game between now and the end of the season. I didn't think mm. he'd get he'd be first choice. So... um I was very pleased. And we'll look at the effect that that's And had. you did say, in your defence, you did mm. say that you thought McCarthy might come back in. I did. I remember and you, last week. I said it last, last week. week. And, you, and you said, oh no, I think he's secure. And I said, well, of the top 10 most secure keepers, Forster wouldn't be one of them. And you acknowledged that. I I did, I, yeah, it was you? a surprise though, because they, they conceded free at West Brom, I guess. That was it, wasn't it? So yeah. it's a, it's, he's fickle, isn't he? Oh, Ralph with his goalkeepers. But what a, what a strange week it's been as. I mean, I've got to say, the first few days of the week I was pretty flat and I was thinking what are we going to do on Thursday in black box because we obviously we go later in the week and I just thought by the time we come out everyone would have spoken about this Super League thing and done it to death and also the, the oh did you not hear <laughs> and uh, no, I was I was so that. I was so deflated I, I just felt really flat mm. Monday uh, Sunday Monday and then obviously it started turning around and it just got a lot more positive very, very quickly. 
I don't want to dwell on it too much because words have been said. It was it was an amazing said. feeling though, wasn't it? When when all the clubs started pulling out mm. and you know Sky Sports reporting on it, because during the match, I think wasn't it? And the you know the, the breaking news was coming down the bottom of the screen, and oh, it was yeah, it was it was a moment that I think I'll always remember actually in football. It's one of those you know sort of light bulb type moments that you we can say yeah we were there we were there when they tried to sell us all out and and we you know we we all the fans and everyone. Because, the, I mean, the outpour, I, it's not, we won't go into it too much, but the outpouring from everywhere was just mm. incredible, wasn't it? You had, you know, emotion, you had like logistics, you had the fans protesting, you had the clubs, people in the clubs coming out, you had the commentators coming out, BT saying statements, saying they were never going to show it. There's I, that Boris I, I Teller, just, he piped up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. you know, I'm nice to agree with Boris about something, but yeah, amazing, amazing week. Yeah, and, and obviously Neville's... Kind of speeches were very stirring, and he mm. led he led the way, didn't he? It's always good to see him be passionate like he is, because he, he just doesn't hold back. Um, yeah, it was incredible to see all the fans come together and everyone unite behind it. It was it would have been disastrous, obviously. And I mean, I mm. obviously I was thinking about what what's the impact going to be on FBL, and it was really worrying. I was like, yeah, I was going to imagine playing FBL without the top six in it. I'll say the top six, the big six, or the six as they're now called. It was a really worrying few days, but it just burst completely. And the speed at which it collapsed was incredible. I know. I know. And, um, and you, they yeah. got, um, it's people still trying to cling on to it, isn't there? But it's dead. It's dead and we can all yeah. rejoice. And, and, and it was great for me because I was like really not thinking about Black Box and FBL for those two days. And so, you mm. know, I wasn't really preparing content. I was thinking, what are we going to do? You know, what Thursday's show isn't going to matter if this is, this is looming. So... I'm really pleased that it, it's got killed off mm. and uh, we can concentrate on the FBL stuff and, and, and jam yeah. like Sanchez. So that's really good. Yes, and just a word on the shed. Um, if you are <laughs> an old old viewer of the Scoutcast, I think we're going back to like oh, from episode about 90 onwards. That's where I, This is where I used to record the Scoutcast. And in fact, one of the, the first show you were on, I think I was recording from the shed. At no that way. Point. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's quite interesting because I haven't, been in this shed for a couple of years and if you watch the scout cast back then one of the one of the uh, little games that people used to play is spot the spider because often a spider would start appearing Mm. on the wall behind me so we can play that again and i I, I hate spiders i did know well you won't (laughs) like this next bit you did i did know that every evening about you know 10 11 o'clock spiders start emerging from holes in my wall i've got some holes where the beams go and there were there were three spiders there yesterday and the night before that, just hanging in a web. And when I went to just touch them, I, w- I wasn't going to kill them. I was trying to get them out so I could throw them out. They, as one, all three of them disappeared into this into these three holes. Right. So basically, no. the wall next to me could have a nest of spiders in it. Could be could be hundreds in this at any moment. Now they could come seeping. Yeah. So it's making me feel all like yeah. itchy well, just yeah. thinking about it. I don't mind. But it, spiders, it evolved yeah. in it to um to to where's your cat. I remember when you when you were in mm. you know used to record and you, we could see your your sofa and stuff and yeah. it, the cats used to appear. I prefer cats to spiders. Yeah, well, there's no there's no hoovers around, so we won't have any of that. I won't be disturbed by those. <laughs> but but yes, if you see a spider behind me on the wall, get in chat and uh, and shout it out and uh, yeah, and as will be creeped out by it. But yes, that's what I've got to contend. But it's much better. I feel much more. You know, I can I can be exuberant now and I don't have to worry about waking the kids, which is lovely. You haven't got a packable off to bed as well, which is no. which is nice. And so I can I can do I can do more videos, more podcasts. I don't know how you stuff. got away with that for so long. 
no, 30 episodes. They were, they were very, very tolerant of that. Go to bed, <laughs> go, go up to bed at half past eight so I can record with us. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's crack on. This week, uh, I thought what I'd do is um, we'd do a stock check uh, on every position. Um, goalkeepers, you've mentioned, is under a bit of upheaval because of the uh, fact that Forster, Leno and Mendy have all apparently been dropped. So we're going to look at keepers, uh, but also check in all three positions. Um, and there's also a certain tweet from Ben Krellin, which a lot of podcasts and streams have referenced this week. And I'm, I'm going to run with that as well um, and use the scenario that Ben has constructed. So we're going to look at that and we're going to use that scenario to look at some players that we can perhaps consider. It's effectively a merge of our watch list and, and a stock check at the same time. Uh, and then, of course, we've got all the usual predictions. Uh, we're going to talk about the apprentice Lovely. again at the end, aren't we? Because we've had some good candidates for that, and we're going to. Yeah, I was, I was going to mention just now, actually. Oh, go on, um, yeah. Just while we while we got people's attention, I uh, mm. just wanted to say thanks for everyone that's that's sent in their emails and and we had a video. And I, I must say, if you are interested in applying for the Black Box Apprentice, and there's some details on the last stream that we did, we'll probably touch on it again a bit later. Yeah, yeah. the video stuff is is really good because you know there's going to be some video stuff involved, and seeing you on camera and stuff is really cool. And yeah, I think I think we might have got one already, Mark. We, I think we've got an apprentice lined up, and we're we're looking for another one. But we've got a very, very, very good contender. Yeah, I I think one position is filled, and now we're hoping mm. to get two. Um, uh, and that'd be good. Then we could have one each, and then pitch them against each other. And and then yeah, we're going to build then the scenarios that we're going to you know how we're going to expose them to various elements of what it's like to be an FBL manager. Stats, XG, a Twitter account. Um, the eye test and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be an interesting experiment and we'll we'll touch on it again at the end of the show and we'll reveal details mm-hmm. of what we're looking for and so on. But for now, let's look at our game weeks and it's another green arrow for us both. So we've got to be pleased. I mean, 70 points, Saz, do you want to talk through that? Talk us for your team? Talk me through your team, yeah. Uh, like you say, it's been a weird week because it's been so staggered across mm. the games and with the Super League stuff. It's been hard to kind of know uh, kind of exactly what's going on. I mean, it's still still massively team template. Uh, again, team template doing pretty well. Cody, Trent, Son, Lingard, Kane, Iheanacho, Rudiger on my bench, but my defence all, all got points. Uh, and it's another green arrow, green arrow. I'm just moving slowly, slowly towards the safety of a, a top 100k finish, which would be, I think, a real achievement this year if I can if I can pull that off. So yeah, just for anyone listening, my team, Mendy. <sighs> Didn't even want Mendy. Really annoyed. No, you, really put annoyed him, that. you put him in last minute, didn't you? Because you. Oh, did, he was. Did you have Le- Did you a, have Martinez still? Yeah, you were going to keep Martinez, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was going to sit with Martinez. I was between. I was between Martinez, Mendy, and Patricio in the end. Uh, and in the end, I I went with Mendy because I wanted a Chelsea double up, but I I didn't want to go with two defenders like you did. Mm. I mean, that's, get onto that in a minute. Uh, yeah, Mendy goal, Trent, uh, Regulon, Cody. Salah Fernandez, we said it last week. Uh, Son, Jota, Lingard, Kane, Captain, and Ianacho. So yeah, template boring, but delivering, delivering yeah. the goods. I ran it through live FBL net and uh, 80, 89%. 89%. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm eighty-one. I'm I'm very template as well. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's strange. Isn't it? I mean, we've both done well by sticking to the template recently. So it, it's, it becomes addictive, doesn't it? It becomes like, oh, why should I change? I'll just pick highly owned players that I think will do well. Well, there's, there's, there's a name we mentioned last week who's really threatening to break it up, I think. 
Yeah, I think I know who you're going to talk about, but we'll mention that when we get to the particular data. Um, mm-hmm. My team, I've got 69 at the moment, but of course I haven't got 69. What's beautiful is I've got 11 points on my bench to come on. So at the moment I've got 80 points. That's my smug voice in case you've heard it before. I'm sure oh, you've heard it before. so unbelievably smug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Mendy, who of course is going to be subbed out for the uh, Mr. Sanchez of Brighton. I'm very happy about. Alonso got me six, Trent eight, Udiger seven. Um, Lingard 7, Son 12, Fernandez 2, Jota 3. Kane, my captain, 24. Cavaloon, who's injured, he brings Holding off the bench for just a 2. And Nacho's playing tonight, who I think has got a goal, is he? It's 3 0 when we last checked in. Yeah, he's got one. Yeah, and Vardy's ripping it up as well, isn't he? So mm. Vardy's at last looks like he's recovered amongst, amongst the goals, despite looking jaded in the last few weeks. But Nacho gets another goal. He's He's, he's still providing very strong value, so. No reason to move off let's, him. Let's, let's, just, let's just talk really quickly about Brighton v Chelsea. Because yeah. in your wildest dreams, that couldn't have gone better for you. <laughs> to get double Chelsea clean sheet that Alonso plays in that yeah. you're worried about. Oh, that was the first and, thing. And you lose Mendy and get in Sanchez with nine. I mean, poor old, uh, who is it in the chat? We had, uh, oh, I've lost it now, who it was. Uh, someone in the chat was saying, oh, uh, Haiku Nu says uh, Chelsea got a clean sheet. They had Azpilicueta, doesn't play, Dawson off the bench, minus three. Mm, painful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the two, first of all, Alonso started and Dave didn't, which is obviously a bonus because I know that uh, Azpilicueta, mm. see, I can't say it. Dave was highly owned. So it started well with the team sheets. And I really fancied Alonso. I thought my points were all going to come for Alonso. I could see a haul in this game. I was thinking... Yeah, but they're going to concede chances down the right. Ziyech and James crossing from the right-hand side to Alonso on the far post. The scenarios were all there playing out in my head. He was dreadful though, wasn't he? I mean, Z- our, t- our team did not indicate nil-nil. The what, team when you saw the Brighton out, team sheet? Yeah, when I saw the Brighton team, I mm. thought, well, we're throwing this to, to focus on Sheffield United so we can get a win in that because it was a mismatch of players and I think we should have won, if anything. Yeah, Lallana I mean, second scored. half. Second half, you were the better team. Really I were. I mean, Chelsea were really yeah. poor second half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I looked at it and when it became clear that Alonso was not going to provide the threat that I thought he would, I was thinking, well, now the best result is a nil-nil. And it's a really weird experience sitting watching a game and hoping for nil-nil. <laughs> it's like, but actually, and it never normally is. No, no. <laughs> it's not enjoyable, is it, when you've got defenders on both teams, you're thinking, I don't want a goal at all. You don't want to be willing that. The second half started to think like, well, this is actually looking like a nil-nil now because Chelsea don't look like they've got anything in the final third. And Brighton grew into the game and they were the most likely to score. And it's every time Brighton got the ball in the, in the Chelsea half, I was starting to get mm. worried. But yeah, it turned out brilliantly. And I was thinking, well, is Sanchez in the bonus? I was, I didn't, I've got this thing now, I don't know about anybody else, where when I've got defenders playing and they've kept a clean sheet, I refuse to look at the bonus points because I've got this superstition. If you look at the bonus points, and they're in the bonus points, it'll all go wrong. It'll all go belly up. Because ever since the James Justin one against Newcastle mm. where Carroll scored. So ever since then, I've just not looked. And I was, obviously in my head, I'm, I'm thinking that he's made, he's made three or four saves. That should be enough. I don't think defend, because <laughs> Zuma got booked and, and then White got sent off. So I was thinking, well, there aren't many defenders who are going to beat him. And Kepper got, made two saves and got the maximum bonus somehow. Yeah, yeah. What was that? It must have been passes, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's when you start celebrating every like three yard pass and, yeah. you know, they kick the ball out and it goes out for a throw and you're like throwing the remote on the controller. That's when you know you've, you've, it's bad, isn't it? You've gone a bit far. 
It does make you do negative watching football when you're willing for a nil-nil. But it was a fantastic result for me. It couldn't have gone any better. And you were quite quick to point that out. You were texting me straight away going, well, that was a good result for you, wasn't it? I was like, yeah. You were, that was you were exactly the voice very I used spiteful. Well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I was at the other one going, <laughs> yes. Oh, smog, smog, yeah, smog, smog, smog. I know. Well, you know, it was a, it was a bit of luck. But I did, I did pick. I did keep saying, I spent that little bit more on a keeper just in case. And I'm glad it was mainly for 33 because he's got the fixture and for 35 because uh, Chelsea got a tougher game in that. So I, I didn't expect Sanchez to be playing a part, but I'm very, very glad he's come in. So I'm very pleased with that. Yes. So you can call it jam, but I'd rather call it brilliant squad management skills. Yeah, of course. Uh, great and the good. Uh, so Bob, back on top ahead of Fabio, got a bit of a cushion with the points coming off the bench. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But you are firmly mid-table now. Mid-table. That's where we want to be. That was always very, the target. Very, very good. Very, very good indeed. <laughs> so ahead of Matthew Jones, Joe, Vila Ronka, Tom Freeman and Late Riser. You are seventh though, which is good and bad news for you because um, uh, unfortunately Neil Rigg is the Florentino Perez. He has approached me and just asked if the top six would break away and form the great league, <laughs> leading just the good league. So you might be top of just the good league next season while the great go off and do their own well, thing. I'll take that. It'd be good to it's be all, top of something. It's all Neil Riggs' idea. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I think General's going to be first to drop out and then I might follow. But yeah. Mm. So. But yes, mm. seventh. Very well done, As. Very well done indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, all, I've always there. said that, that, you know, your rank doesn't tell, you know, doesn't tell the whole story. People who judge people purely on ranks, you know, the, the I actually feel happier with this than I probably did when I finished in the top 1k because that was kind of I feel like I kind of lucked my way in the last few seasons into that but this has been a proper battle of attrition to force my way back up into this position so if I stay if I can get into the top 100k I'll really look back at this season with with some pride yeah it's funny I I had a similar season last last time out I came 177k and it's not a great finish but to be honest where I was halfway and how long it took me to get out of the top I was in the million mark for ages and ages and ages I couldn't get out and you had something similar and you just had those few weeks to break out and now Mm. you're just steadily growing and when you do that it does feel like an achievement whereas you know when when you're like straight into the top 10k after like 10 weeks and then you grind Mm. it grind it slowly towards the the top you know exactly 1k it feels less of an achievement almost so I think you have done very well. I, I think you're setting your sights too low. 117k now, eight game weeks to go. What is it, six to go? Double game weeks as well. You've got no chips left, but I, I still think you could aim for 20k, I reckon, at least, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no, there's no, there's no reason. You've got, to, you've got to set your sights high, but yeah. if, I, if I got top 100k this season, I would feel would be an okay one. And um, so going back to a topic that we've chatted about before, do you feel, did you feel the pressure of that doing this show and doing more, you know, being full-time fantasy? Did you feel that pressure to be like, well, I've got to get a better rank as a result of that? Are you going to admit that or not? Well, do you know what? that We talked about this at the start of the season, didn't we? Mm. About how Black Box was learning from mistakes and stuff. And we kind of said it in a bit as a joke, saying, well, if we do badly, it's going to at least give us some content to talk about. But it has been really interesting doing the reflective stuff Talk, you know, at the you know in the international breaks, we're looking back at where the trajectories have gone yeah. between us and all of that. So, no, do you know what? I, I think when I first started out, when I was first doing, when I first started doing the scout cast with you all, I was I was a lot more stressed about it. But I think this year has been 
has been has been okay. And you know, given the circumstance with COVID and stuff, I'm not saying that anyone who's like under 100k should feel really ashamed of themselves. It's just for me, I had that target in mind of 100k when I was around the million mark, and I'm kind of getting closer to it. Mm. I think this is this is a season to give yourself a break. If you're mm. not doing that well, I just look at everything that's gone on and yeah. and come back stronger next year. Yeah, and and it, I think after a while, when you've played for many many seasons, and you've got some good ranks under your belt. The pressure is off a bit as well because you can. Mm. You know, it's just one of those things. Isn't it? Everything you can, I mean, late rises, everything you try just doesn't come off. And then obviously you try and do other things to push it, which I've done in the past, and then they don't come off and it gets worse. And I, I've been there before. Um, but if you've built up enough credit, it's not it's not a big deal and you can relax on it a bit. Um, but I think, you know, obviously if you're in your second or third season and you're in the Twitter I think community, the, it's different. Yeah, I think, I think the key thing is, as well is I, I try not to take myself too seriously. Mm. and. I think when you were in the position you were in, when you were doing the FPL show and stuff, I, I mean, I, I know you and I, I know that you, you can have a laugh and stuff, but I think when you're in that limelight, you've kind of got to take yourself a bit seriously because everyone's calling you an expert and, and all this kind of stuff. Because I've never really had that and I've always kind of been a bit jokey and laughing at bad decisions and stuff. It's kind of, it's helped. Whereas I think if you're starting off a podcast and you're trying to really, you know, sell your credibility in things then you're kind of making it hard for yourself in a way whereas if you're a bit more relaxed about things then it's it's maybe a bit easier so i think mm. that's that's probably helped oh yeah i mean that the, that season i came 115th while doing the show that was like that's it now that was almost like winning it that was like well I don't, i've got nothing oh, to prove yeah i know <laughs> that's it i don't i can relax a bit now and what i because i thought i was going to do the show for many years and i thought well having done well in the first season no one can question it because i always go well yeah but the mm. first year i was like so that was a big relief, yeah. It is, it is a weird thing, and we've, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, going into next season about setting expectations and setting goals. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting one. And I, I, I set a top 1,000 finish as my goal, and I'm, I'm, I should go up to just under the 3,000 mark with the six weeks to go. It's in my sights, but I, we'll see if I can do you it. Can't, I, I, I don't think you're quite understanding the concept of this podcast. What's the that? concept of this podcast is that we get better each season well, as we learn that's... from our mistakes. It's not just finishing the top K <laughs> well, on the first season. That's yeah, but I, I, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I, I said that doing this show and being intensely involved again to the degree I am, doing all the research and makes me better. Whereas I think other managers, um, and General's one of them, where that when you're so involved in creating content and distracted by everything around you, it can, it can make your performance worse. So I'm I'm completely opposite to that. So I, I'm really pleased that I've proved that again, that actually I'm doing well in a season where I'm intensely studying mm. data and watching more matches and being more part of the community. Whereas last season, you know, I wasn't doing that and I did worse. And maybe it's not linked, but I think there is that. I think I have to be this involved to do well. Um, I'm not saying I'll do this every season, but I don't think I can have a good season unless I'm intensely involved like I have been doing this show with you. So thanks very much. I'm, I'm, you, you take all the credit. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, yeah, I help you with all those uh, Suchek uh, decisions as well. So yeah, and that's you, my contribution. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you, what's the player you talked to me out of? The, oh, Region, Region as well. I was going to go Alonso to Region and you said, oh, don't do that. And it was the right mm. call. Although he got, he got six points, but I would have broke even. I was, I was pretty happy with that, actually, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, after the first game, would be. Right. Uh, let's have the Krellin catch. I mean, a lot of shows... Mentioned Ben Krellin. 
but not many shows have a particular section named after him. I think he should almost have his own theme tune, <laughs> the Krellin catch-up. Um, so this is a tweet uh, or a chart that he put out earlier in the week. I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday. And this scenario is something which he is willing to say he's 70% certain will happen. So he's quite confident this is a scenario that's going to unfold when we get the information uh, about the end of the season and how that affects the double game week. And we think that's going to be game week 35. We're not saying, Ben's not saying, and we're not saying this is definitely going to happen, but he feels this is the most likely scenario. So he feels that game week 35 will bring double game weeks for Villa, Palace, Everton and Southampton. And those four teams won't blank in 36. And then there'll also be double game weeks for Arsenal, Chelsea, Leicester and Manchester United in 35. But those four teams will. Um, so that's that's the scenario he's presenting. So in other words, if you want double game week players and you want the assurance of a game week 36 fixture, it's Villa, Palace, Everton and Southampton, I'm afraid, which is slim pickings, as we'll see in a bit. Where the bigger names, um, yes, you'll get your double game week, but then you have to be prepared for the blank in 36. So... 70% certain is what he said. I don't know how he'd come up with that, but a lot of podcasts and streams have gone with this as well. So I thought I would too. But like I say, there's no guarantees. What's, what's your immediate reaction to that? Well, firstly, a confession to make. Uh, oh, I completely forgot about this. <laughs> I completely forgot. I, I think I knew that Villa and Everton had a double. Mm. I forgot about all the blank in 36 and the cup and all of that. I just uh, hadn't prepared for that at all. So I'm glad you're here. <laughs> for, for a start uh, yeah it's always tricky when you've got no chips and then you're trying to mm. navigate a, a double going straight into a blank uh, it's one of the reasons why I was a bit hesitant well I wasn't because I forgot about it but it's one of the reasons why if you've got someone like Vidra you're going to be more happy than me who's got like Davis who you're probably not going not gonna to get anything out of because having the, the full squad is, is going to be really useful so you can kind of tap into these as much as possible mm. Uh, I mean, in terms of standout double, I mean, the best two games are for Palace, aren't they? But It looks that way. Sheffield United and Southampton away is what Ben's saying could be materialised for them. But you're oh. not going to go to Palace. No. And I mean, the, the other one that stands out there is Leicester, because obviously they've got the good run. They've got the Palace game, the Southampton game, and then Newcastle home, United away, tricky. But, you know, going into that with... with I'd say at least two Leicester players. I mean, that's what I'm looking to do. I'm, look, I'm looking to, to get in at least one more Leicester player this week, maybe two, to, 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 tap, to tap into that run. Mm. The difficulty, yeah, of course, it's, it's, it's then, tricky. None, none of the fixtures really stand out to me. No, the doubles aren't great. The doubles aren't great. No. I mean, there'll be managers bench boosting in this week, right? Um, and I imagine, you know, a lot of us are going to have players from these teams, right? So we won't have to make too many transfers to benefit from it. Obviously, it makes sense now with your future transfers to try and consider this. But as I said, this is not guaranteed by any means. It's just what Ben has outlined as the most likely. Um, but yeah, you've got to be careful when you're investing, if you are going to invest in the likes of Leicester, because obviously they blank in 36. So you get, it's about really if this is what materialises. And we, we anticipate, unfortunately, Ben saying that we're not going to probably find out before the deadline tomorrow night now. It's going to be afterwards. So we can't really make our transfer this week with any certainty at all. Um, other than the fact that we know that, you know, Everton are going to have a clean sheet, a, a double game week, as are Villa, right? So those teams you could invest in. Um, but yeah, we just have to be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. If you've got the free, if you've got chips up your sleeve, it's this difficult. scenario could be used. Yeah, Bingo. that's the first one. 
Yeah, I mean, if you've got a free hit left, then I think, you know, you're looking at 36 as a way of getting through that, haven't you? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if, if, you, if you've kept it for this long, fair play to you. I think anyone with, with chips left at this stage is, um, is doing well. I mean, your old mate, Mr. Slippers, hopefully watching tonight. Uh, he's, got, he's got a trick up his sleeve, hasn't he? So, Yeah, I've caught him, though. I've gone past him. So now he's got to try and get back after me. So it's it's nip and tuck with the, he's got the chip up his sleeve, like you say, so he, he can come again for sure. And in the great and the good league, I think, is it Magnus has got two chips left? Let's go, go and check. He's, he's in third and breathing down. That's free hit and the bench boost. Yeah, so he's going to bench boost wow. in in 35 and lightly free hit in 36. So he's set up very nicely. So yeah, all, I mean, things. all the people below me have, have, have got chips left as mm. well. So yeah, it's... Uh... It's interesting into the season. It is. And I think that I, I was saying before about, you know, saving your chips to this stage, there is uncertainty. And, you know, we don't really know what scenario is going to unfold. But if this is the most likely, you can see that if you've got the free hit, you're in a good position. So we'll see how well it could be used if this is indeed the scenario. So what I did was I started looking at those teams, Villa Palace, Everton, Southampton, Arsenal, Chelsea, Leicester, and United as the ones who could have a double game week in 35 and then highlighted those teams in the data we're going to use tonight. Obviously, this data doesn't include the Leicester versus West Brom game, so that fixture is missing, but all the other games are in. Um, so let's start looking at, um, at the usual data, and then we're going to look at every position. So I've highlighted the teams in. What's interesting, the teams in yellow are the teams that are doubling game week 35, maybe, and then blank in 36, maybe. And you can see that those teams are all a lot stronger defensively than those teams who double in 35 and play in 36. So it's obvious straight away that it is slim pickings. If you want the double and you don't want a blank, if that scenario does materialise, yep. you're struggling, aren't you? You really are. I mean, the Palace defence is miserable. Southampton defence has struggled. Villas has really declined. Um, whereas in the top half, you've got Chelsea, Leicester and United, all very strong. So it, yeah, it's worrying, isn't def- it? Yeah, it is, and I mean, I mean, defensively, I think a lot of people are actually quite settled. You know, you've got, I mean, my look at my defence. I mean, I've got Trent, Rudiger, Cody. Like there are there are three that I can play every week, probably until until pretty much the end of the season. Maybe Wolves. Uh, you know, last three games aren't aren't that great, but then I've got like Holding, who I'm quite happy with. It's quite, I don't know. Obviously, I've got Reg- Regulon, who I'm, I'm probably looking to to get a Leicester player in, but I think defence is the thing is isn't it the template is quite settled that's the thing mm. and Jota's an interesting one because he's not been training today so he's kind of someone that could be taken out obviously um, we don't know what's going to be happening with Kane people are getting sick of Fernandez. so I don't think people are going to be too likely to be making these defensive transfers to try and to try and tap into these there's going to be more activity I think around the the attacking players which I agree with because I think that's where the that's where the more more potential is yeah, I, I think one defensive change is probably what I'm going to limit myself to. I mean, I'm worried. I mean, Alonso, Alonso's got to go for me, right? So Castagna is obviously the target. I'm looking at a Leicester defender, but then they will blank in 36 minutes. you hate minutes. Leicester defenders? I do, but that run, I mean, we talked about it. If we bring up the, <laughs> we bring up the ticker for defences, um, Leicester have got, this is ranked in order of um, likelihood of defence clean sheet oh, Mark I, I've, I've, I've got to point something out at this stage not a spider there's surely a, no there's a lot of people in the chat saying that your chair makes it look like you've got like cat ears it does doesn't it that's very true <laughs> it's not I can't it's not actually the chair now. it's the cushion behind the chair I've got this nice 
There you go. I've changed that. Uh, oh. oh, no, it's still there. It's still, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I know exactly what you mean. Star, star it is true. Now. I'll set up a bit because I don't want that. Um, Leicester. I miss it. Leicester, Leicester have got <laughs> Palace, Southampton, Newcastle, and then potentially with the double in 35 as well. Um, and, in, and in Ben's scenario, um, Leicester will play Newcastle and Manchester United. So Palace, Southampton, Newcastle, Manchester United, the four opponents over three game weeks. Uh, they're doing well tonight. Clean sheet as we as we are recording. Castagna's got an assist as well. So one one defensive yeah. transfer is probably what I'm going to allow myself, and the lesser defence is probably the one I'm going to look at. Um, so you're right. It's in attack that we're going to make most of our changes. Um, absolutely. Just want to point out that over the last four matches, City's defence has gone back to the top, and Brighton's is in second in terms of minutes per xG conceded. City's defence has been ridiculous. 257.1 minutes per XG conceded of the last four. That's despite having, obviously, 10 men at Villa as well. Um, so they are definitely establishing themselves as a defence to look at. But, of course, the rotation is so severe. They don't have a double game week. It's unlikely mm-hmm. we're going to pay visits. And they, and they have defense. conceded you yeah. know, in, the last two games, in the last two games as well. I trust them a lot less mm. now. That, now, I mean, it was interesting for, for a spell... Uh, when you know they lost and, and United won, and it was kind of like, oh, could United claw up? This, I know, I know, this saw deficit. that. And it was like maybe that's going to refocus them, and maybe he's going to play a strong team again, and just make sure they get over that line. But I think I can't. I mean, I can't see it anyway. But uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know about them about them defensively though. I think that I think some of that focus is is gone. Um, and I remember, do you remember a few seasons ago they they would often concede from kind of one shot or two shots just to just just kind of mm. sloppy stupid goals, mm. and that's almost been happening well, again. A, very few shots, but but managing to get through. A bit like Liverpool this season, basically. You know, don't mm. concede much, but when they do, it's a big chance and they concede a goal. Um, yeah, and also the uncertainty in the defence. Laporte seems to be first choice now with Diaz. Stones has got suspended, so he doesn't play the Carabao Cup. What does that mean? If you're holding Diaz, is he as certain as you think with the Champions League semi-finals coming up? Is there so much uncertainty? I I, I don't want City players because I don't want to feel that anxiety before the team sheet. No, I'm. I, do you know what? I'm glad. I, I I don't even really have that that sense of fear going into the match that, that I that I thought I would. I mean, you know, De Bruyne missed out, but Gundogan was there, but Cancelo missed out. Um, mm. You know, it was again. It's just kind of like just every week. It's just such a lottery and. I, I'm just, I'm just glad to be off that. Glad to at be the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, so attack. You mentioned Manchester United. Yeah, over the last four, United's attack is the most effective. Forty-six minutes per xG in their last four matches. So they are the most inform attack. And again, if you look at the yellow teams, these are the teams which Ben thinks will double in game week thirty-five, but blank in thirty-six. They're the superior teams. They're the ones that you'd want to get on, but you'd have to get through the blank. Ben's scenario materialises. Um, interesting as well, the last four matches, look at Newcastle and West Brom. Second and third for minutes per XG. Obviously, it doesn't include West Brom's fixture at Leicester, but those two teams subtly kind of Newcastle. found their mojo. Yeah. Told you they were attacking team. Told you that 20 weeks ago. They've done it before, haven't they? I mean, it's, it's when yeah. they get Sam Maximan fit. I mean, Wilson as well, but Sam Maximan is the catalyst, isn't he? Mm. Um, as soon as he's fit, they suddenly feel like they can be an attacking team and take more chances because they've got a cutting edge, I guess, with Wilson. So, as, so, as soon as I said they should be the team we should all be targeting, they've gone on a mad yeah. run. 
typical, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. United, United, though, I mean, you know, the, the player I was hinting at earlier is, is obviously Greenwood. Mm. Um, it's just the difference. He's, I mean, it's deja vu, isn't it, from, from last season? This time last season, lockdown ended. United went on a crazy run. They were top of all the all the metrics. Greenwood was a 4.5 striker, absolutely smashing it. Start of the season, seven mid, seven mil mid. I think a lot of us thought that's it. He's going to be, you know, one of the best price players in the game. Um, and it just hasn't transpired. But now he is someone that I'm really, really, really looking at. Because if he's going to be playing in and around that, that, you know, forward position for United, given these stats and given the form he's showing, and given that Bruno has almost dropped off a cliff in terms of his performances and, and output, I like it. Yeah, and it's interesting because if you remember at the end of last season, Foden and Greenwood both emerged and we were saying, well, next season, we've got to get them. Um, God, Foden because, was good yesterday. And again, it's happened again. The last section of the season, both of them have just come alive. And it's obviously because they're getting regular starts now. Foden was always there. I mean, we were saying week after week, if Foden just got a sustained run in the team, he'll be brilliant. I think for about two or, two or three seasons. Mm. But I mean, now he's, I mean, England... He's got, he's got a start for us now. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because we were saying, you know, a few months back, build the team around Grealish. You know, and now it's almost like, well, let's build the team around Lingard. Well, maybe actually, let's build it around <laughs> Foden. It's like, we have build got... Build the team around Lingard. Let's maybe go well, a little come bit. come on. No, I, I, think Lingard, <laughs> I think Lingard is playing himself into the 11. Uh, it was. Probably can't get in now because Foden's got to be there and Grealish, I think, when he's fit, if he's fit, has got to mm. be there as well, in my still opinion. Not, what is going on with Grealish? He's still not... Well, I, I, I did say, didn't I, that I kind you of predicted did. this would happen. And I said, I said, eventually people will start saying that it's not an injury and he's on strike and there's a, his agent is stirring things up. And that hasn't happened yet because obviously mm. Grealish is very loyal to Villa. But it does make me wonder what's going on because it's very suspicious. Like injured, then he was fit, but he was ill, wasn't he? Do you remember Dean Smith said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's yeah. ill, right? Then he broke down again. Yeah, and then it, you know, and it's just become a bit of a saga, and the press haven't started prying yet and saying, "Oh, what's at play here? Maybe there's something else." But it does make you wonder, doesn't it? What's going on? Because it's just bizarre that he's. I mean, he's got to get he's, he's got to get back in the Villa team and fit to get into the Euro squad. Get in the well, squad. That's, I, that's, think, I but, mean, I I I just don't really see what I, I don't think there can be anything sinister behind it no. in terms of contracts or anything like that because. I mean, you know, he's, he's Villa on court. Well, were on course for a top four finish. He was like the darling of the media mm. and and the league and and playing for an England spot. I I, I don't know. I, I there's no there'd be no reason for him to. I think it must be injury related. I just think the injury he's had is much worse than what Dean Smith is letting on. And you called it almost straight away. You said I don't think it's him again this season. Mm, which is a shame because then he will struggle to get into the yeah. squad. But um, it's starting to look that way, isn't it? More and more, mm. more and more weeks go by, and he's not playing. And Villa, and look how much it's affected Villa. I mean, they were well, it's, they were it's flying. Here. And last four matches, they're the third worst attack. There you go. Minutes per xG. There you go. And and for me, at the halfway point, he was player of the year. And now, you know, arguably he should still be in the reckoning, but he's not going to be, I don't think, because he's just been absent. It is it is like I think. It's almost like when that news broke and it leaked of Grealish's injury, it was almost like Dean Smith said, oh, I'm not going to reveal the full truth now. Mm. It's almost like he didn't want to confirm what that... 
because the talk was he was out for three months, wasn't it, when that was leaked? And yeah. then he came out and said, oh, he'd, he'd be back in a couple of matches. And then it just went on and on. It's now looking like it is going to be three months. So very, very strange. Um, team data, this is for the season. And you mentioned Greenwood. We'll look at his recent data in a moment. But Cavani has been in the top echelons of this data in terms of minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty all season. And now he's another one who is obviously coming to the fore with the injury to Martial and the fact that he's a regular starter. He is rested, though. He doesn't, unlike Greenwood, he's not he's not being played relentlessly. He does get rests. Is Cavani, as he's a forward and we're short at forward options, is Cavani a player that you're also considering? Well, no, not anymore. We, we talked about him last week. He, mm. he just got 11 points against Spurs. And we thought... You know, Cavani could be someone who who shakes things up a bit. I think yeah. I I think I even said this could be like a a, a move we could do from Fernandez to to Cavani and shake things up. But with Greenwood there, in the form he's in, I mean, I know he can play on the right, and there isn't really a United player who's really made that right spot their own. I just think Greenwood is so effective at the moment that playing him through the middle, I think, is is the best place for him. And so Cavani got forty five minutes against Burnley, did get a goal. Fair play, but I think you're always going to be worried about where he's where he's going to play. The rest, because yeah. Greenwood is versatile, right? Cavani isn't. Mm. Yeah. So no, I, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't go there now. No, fair enough. Um, and if we look at the data of the last four matches, this is where Greenwood really shows up. Um, minutes per xgi non penalty ninety eight point five, which puts him just behind Kane and Salah uh, in terms of his performances. He's got four goals and an assist in those last four game weeks and and his minutes per chance 16.5 which is only behind Salah and Antonio over the same spell and Salah's picked up massively uh, a shot every 14.2 minutes in the last four game weeks and minutes per XGI 82.9 so when we get to the captain decision later you know Salah is hard to deny because previously his data was simmering now it's really at boiling point again but yeah Mason Greenwood is doing everything numbers are there eye test is there Fixtures aren't bad. He possibly will have the double game week in game week 35, according to Ben Scenario. But he's a midfielder. That's the problem. And you have to break up the template to get him in. But you you feel you're willing to. Yeah, well, I mean, the other, the other thing with Greenwood is, you know, when the stats are good as well, he's such a clinical finisher. Like, you know, he's been said by multiple people that he's the best finisher at United. And, you know, look at like Kane and Vardy. And you see players like that who are getting lots of chances and are good, are good at converting them. You think, oh, we're really onto something here. And I get that sense with, with Greenwood as well. We saw it last season. Just he'd, have, he'd only need a couple of chances and he'd get something out of them. Um, the thing to me is it's kind of come at a perfect time with this Jota thing. Because I'm looking at my team and thinking, I've got three Liverpool players. They're still not there. <laughs> They're still not there. Uh, Trent's looking, looking better. Salah's... I'm happy to keep Salah. Do I need all three? Again, Josh hasn't got anything. He's, I think he's been a bit unlucky. Yeah, he has. Yeah. The the other the other the other week when um Mane was it Mane went through and just could have squared it to him and he was mm. completely free. And he, he, and he played well that. at Leeds as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously he's he, he's he's great, but you've got to look for these kind of potential. And I I, I don't I don't know if if maybe if triple Liverpool if um, him with the injury as well and the and the life's agreement around means that that could be something that I that I look to switch. So I am considering doing Jota to Greenwood this week. As your free transfer? Uh, oh, I've got two. Got oh, two have frees. you? 
So right. it'd be Regulon, Regulon down to uh, Fafana, I think, and then uh, and then Jota to Greenwood. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the attacking ticker, Liverpool are top for the remaining six game weeks. Obviously, Newcastle at home this week, United away, but then they ra- ra- end on a run of Southampton at home, West Brom away, Burnley away, Palace at home. So you you wouldn't want to take three Liverpool into that? I mean, oh, it's a great run. It's, it's why I got three in three initially but I'm looking at Greenwood and thinking I've got him I feel like I'm at the moment what he's doing I feel like I've almost got to make a spot for him mm. because he's now a position midfielder playing for the best attacking team in the league at the moment in great form and you don't get many opportunities to do things like that and, you, and I feel like you've kind of got to take him when you can and I'm looking at the rest of my my midfield and I'm looking at the likes of uh, Son um like Lingard, Salah, I'm not going to be losing any of those. I mean, Fernandez could be the one that I lose. Uh, so if, if, you know, if I wanted to, I could do Fernandez down to Jota, you know, to t- if I, you know, if Jota starts showing some yeah. form and stuff and, and, yeah. and go down to that. It's, it's Fernandez and Jota to me. They're the ones out of the whole template at the moment. They're the two weaker, weaker links, maybe. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit, this, this is what I mean. If Joshua had scored that goal the other week and he hasn't got the injury, then I think it's a bit, it, it may be that it's kind of influencing me a little bit. Um, but is, there's an opportunity now if, if Jota is injured to, to break away from that for, for I think, I one think week or two. Being a bit hasty. I mean, it depends on the nature of the injury. I personally, I just look at those Liverpool fixtures and think, I think Jota can return points in that. And I, United's fixtures to end on, Liverpool, Villa, Leicester, Fulham, Wolves. They are capable defences. I mean, on this ticker, you know, they're sixth and bottom. They're not They're not rated very highly on this. But obviously, United's form is incredibly strong. We just saw their top of the attacking data last four in terms of expected goals. So I'm kind of torn. I like that. I mean, you're right. It's dangled before us and he's just got two goals and it's a bit chasing points. That It feels like that, but it is still an opportunity. But you're not you're not going to lose Fernandez before Leeds. No, I, 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 I don't. Th- I don't think that's the right play. Jota's not just got the injury, so he's well. We don't know he's out, but it's looking a bit likely. Normally, when we see these like absence in trainings and there's a mm. bit of rumours going around, they do tend to be based on something. Not saying it's 100 percent definite, but if he is out, if he is out of this Newcastle game, then he's away United. Yeah, as well the next mm. game. So not I'd I'd rather have Greenwood than than Jota in that in that game yeah. and then that's when you can move Fernandez back to him if he was back and fit and, and you wanted him that would, yeah. be, that would be something that I'm considering so you're getting two games but he's probably missing one anyway the other one's United and you're getting in, in Greenwood who's just, just in the purple patch to try and keep it going yeah plus Probably, that's the thinking plus of course I think Klopp's team sheets are quite readable I mean the Salah rest perhaps was left field a bit but that was his turn so you kind oh, of think was... That was annoying. You didn't see it? No, did you? I, I thought Salah would get a rest at some point because Mane had had one. And I think when, when we got Jota fit, we saw this earlier in the season, there's always a chance that he'll take turns with Mane and Salah to rest them. I didn't see it for the Leeds game, no. I thought it was coming at some point, but not there. It was a blow, wasn't it? Because, you know, that was a good game on paper for Salah. But at they least were poor. They were poor, yeah. Poor yeah. again, Liverpool. Mm. I know they don't Leeds were, Leeds, I thought Leeds, I thought Leeds were, were brilliant. Yeah, well, Trent Trent had a good game again, but mm. at least from a Salah's standpoint, we know he starts against Newcastle surely. So, in a way, it's kind of reinforced him for that game. 
Yeah, he's a, um, he's, he's a captain, I think. Mm, yeah, well, we'll see when we get to that later. Okay, let's look at um, the goalkeeper situation. And we're going to look at each position in light of Ben Krellin's scenario. Um, and I guess we come to you first here with this because you're in a situation like quite a few managers who wildcarded recently. You have got Mendy and Forster. You've got no keeper going into 33, but realistically, you might either keep her now until the end of the season. So <laughs> there is talk that Mende could get recalled, right? It's not it's not a given that Kepa's going to keep the shirt forever. What? Of course, he'd but, get recalled. Yeah, that's not even but, a that's not even a that's not even a debate. He's when? number one. He's he's going to play. He's going to play pretty much every game. So you're, you're confident he's going to get recalled, and you won't need to yeah. change. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think that. Kepa's done all right in the games that he's had against City and against Brighton. But you, you suspect that Mendy's straight back in this week then? Yeah, because I, I think he's, he's the number one choice. And, I, you know, it was, this week was a, a really weird one with all the, all the rotation that seemed to go on with goalkeepers. I mean, Leno missing out for, for Ryan. Yeah. I mean, that's a massive blow for, for anyone that, that had him. And then McCarthy and Forster, that merry-go-round carrying on. And Pope missed out again, didn't he? It was... I've never known a week where so many like first choice goalkeepers have have, have all missed out. Um, so, like I said in the description, if you if you've managed to get out a goalkeeper this week, fair fair play. I think you've done quite well. Um, but now I'm I'm com- I'm confident Mendy Mendy's going to play the majority of games. He's, you know, he hasn't he hasn't done anything to lose his place. He hasn't made mistakes. They've been they've been solid. They're chasing that top four spot. I think he just likes to play Kepper every now and then just to kind of say, you know, you're not completely isolated and probably to keep his price tag up a bit. Okay, interesting. I I, I mean, he's done nothing to be... I mean, it's not like they conceded. He's kept two consecutive clean sheets. I don't... I think I'm 60-40 thinking Kepper's going to start again. But we'll, really? we'll have to see. Yeah, I, I just think, well, if if he hasn't... If he's kept a clean sheet, two consecutive clean sheets, I don't think it's guaranteed that Mendy comes back. But, um, I, I think I think General had a poll this today, and I think sixty percent of Chelsea fans or sixty percent of that vote said they thought Mendy would return. I, it, it's it's lightly, I think, but I just worry because Kepper hasn't done anything wrong. I mean, yeah, two clean sheets it's difficult to drop him. I think he didn't. He didn't. Well, I mean, look, it, the, the last the last time he played was in game twenty four. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it was came out against of nowhere, Newcastle at home. He's played Newcastle at home and Brighton at home, like. I don't know. He might get Fulham at home, but M- Mendy's going to play against West Ham, City, Arsenal, Leicester, Villa. You think? I'd have thought, yeah, because yeah. he's he's a better he's a better keeper than Kepper. Mm. Oh, it's interesting. This table shows XG prevented, um, and he's XG prevented isn't that great? Minus zero point three point nine. So he's not he's not up there with the top keepers in that in terms of XG prevented. He's not showing as one of the top keepers in that respect. And generally, though, he had a dodgy spell, but then he looked like he was out of it, didn't he? As soon as Tuchel came in, it looked like Mendy was kind of back to his assured best that we saw earlier in the season. He just had that little wave, mm. that little tremor a little bit when Lampard was kind of on his way out. I, I kind of agree. He's the better keeper for me, yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't even consider it. I haven't, I haven't seen General's poll. I just assumed everyone would be like, yeah, Mendy be back. It's just right. a one-off for, for Kepa coming in. Looking at the chat, though, I think it's it's pretty split. I mm. think you know people are saying that that I'm wrong. People are saying you're wrong. It's yeah. It's um. I, it, I, is, it clearly is more of a more of a thing than I than yeah. I maybe gave it credit for. Right. So at the moment though, you're not considering 
needing to shop for a keeper. Well, I haven't bit now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if you've got if you've got Forster, I think it's pretty sure McCarthy's going to keep the start for a while until he looks bad again. But he has looked dreadful most of the season. I mean, he, his XG prevented is minus ten, which is the worst in our table. So, in other words, he has allowed goals when not expected to allow goals to a tune of minus ten. Um, when you look at Martinez, he's at 5.6 in the positive. Right? So he's prevented 5.6 goals. Yeah. Oh, God, he's Matt Ryan poor. down there on 4.8. And it's sorted by minutes per point. And Martinez, not surprisingly, right at the top. What's interesting as well is I worked out the save points earned by every keeper. And Martinez has earned 28 save points. Pope, 27. Uh, Johnston, 30. Melier, 33 save yeah. points. That's the equivalent of eight clean sheets. So you, you add eight clean sheets to the nine they've got. And suddenly you've got like, you know, he's he's been a bargain, hasn't he? I mean, Martinez is still the number one choice, of course, but Melier has done brilliantly in his first season. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's why I'm annoyed. It's it, literally, when we were talking about goalkeepers before, I said Mendy doesn't fit both brackets. He's, yeah. you know, he's, he gets the clean sheets, but doesn't get the saves. And it's... It's why going for the cheaper goalkeepers who who make those saves often is is, is the better play. And Martinez has just been perfect because he's played for a team which has way overperformed what everyone thought they'd do this season. And he's been making the saves and they've been keeping clean sheets. 14 uh, clean similar, sheets. Similar, yeah, similar to, similar to what Pope normally does. Yeah, 14 um, but, clean you know, sheets. He's started a million less. 28 save points, um, which is, yeah, he's impersonated Pope and done better. And that's why he's out in front. And interestingly, Martinez, he's one of those players if Krellin is correct, who will double in 35 and have a 36 fixture. So I think it's pretty clear that if you, you are shopping for a keeper. Yeah, I know. And it, Did I did I talk you out of him? I was surprised you were going to keep him in the yeah, wild Yeah, I think you said you, you said you were surprised. That, that, was, that was enough. Mind games. <laughs> reverse mind yeah, games. Yeah, I, I, sh- I, should, I shouldn't have gone for Mendy. I know it's easy to say with hindsight, but mm. it never, it was one of those moves that never really felt, never really felt right. But yeah. Anyway. It's funny, I, I always thought Mendy would lose his spot a couple of times. So I saw Kepa getting a couple of times, which is why I went Sanchez. But now I'm wondering how permanent it is. We'll have to see. But if you're shopping mm. for a keeper, I mean, it's, it just looks obvious going Martinez because he's the only Villa player I think that I would look at while Grealish is out. Watkins, while there were huge strikers, and we're going to look at it in a minute, I just don't think he convinces enough yet. He's playing better, but he just doesn't get the service without Grealish there. Yep. Um, so Martinez... Right out in front in terms of keeper. But Mendy, you're absolutely right. Eight save points, 14 clean sheets, 115 points. And minutes per points are good, but it's those save points that really make a difference. So we just yeah, and it, take this into next season, don't we? Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's, that's the thing. That's, that's why. I mean, Mendy's a little bit different because, I mean, his, his price was at five was, was probably quite attractive. And you, you don't necessarily, you know, to, to get a, a, a top four chasing goalkeeper for five million is something yeah. you should consider. Yeah, you look at the likes of Edison and Allison and stuff. They never justify that six. I think the only one they one did was De Gea a few years ago when he was just making like was it against Arsenal with like fourteen saves or mm. something, and he was just like you know he had he was he was the, kind of the first real premium keeper that ever really justified that that amount. Um, but most of the time, it's why you, it's why I would very rarely pay over five for a for a keeper. Yeah, and so yeah, you know, this kind of learning we 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 know it, but it's just nice to see the numbers. And obviously, Martinez will probably be five five next season, right? So we'll have to find another option 
Uh, Melio will be interesting to see how much he goes up. I think he'll still be fairly cheap. But mm. Leeds, I don't think, will change the way they play. So Melio could well be the one to look at next season. We'll have to see. So not shopping for a keeper, but if you are, Martinez looks the go-to if Ben Crellin is correct. Defenders then. We are shopping for defenders. And we both said that at least one defensive change is on the way. This table is for the last six game weeks. I extended it a bit more rather than last four. And I've sorted by minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty, my favourite kind of expected stat, if you like. Um, And Alonso, who's in my team, is out on top because of the few performances (laughs) he's had. 205 minutes per expected goal involvement. When he plays, he's looked most likely to get attacking returns. Um, Cancelo's still up there. And Alexander-Arnold has just been brilliant. I mean, he's got, is it a free bonus in the last four games? His revival is just extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he was he was miles clear until they um, until they conceded as well. Because mm. yeah, well, I was watching it and I I did check his bonus, and I, I'm sorry, that's, that's he my held fault. it low, so it didn't work. The curse didn't work. <laughs> yeah, he was so far ahead. I looked at it. I was like, oh, even if they lose the clean sheet, he's still he's still going to lose. He's still going to mm. keep that that free. Um, so that's good. I mean, that's you know that's what you pay for when you're paying seven point five million for a, a defender. You you know. You, you need to, you need you need something a bit more than just a, a six points and stuff. You need an assist and, and some bonus every now and then. You need to not just rely on on, on that six from clean sheets. I mean, mm. and it's you know we both I think we both really wanted him to do this because we want him playing for England. We want him to be first choice because uh, he's I think he's he's our best he's our best right back. He's I think he could play he could play for any team in the world when he's when he's on form. So. Yeah, good to see that he's he's stepping up, and, and I don't think Southgate can can say no to him at the moment if he carries on. Yeah, um, but interesting if you look at the defenders who Ben Fields will double in thirty five and play in thirty six. Really, only Everton. I mean, you have got Conta down the bottom there. If you're going to look at a Villa defender, if you don't have Martinez, but Coleman and Dina. I mean, Dina's been in my team a couple of times this season and just just absolutely let me down each time. Same. Would you go back again? Not this season. <laughs> no, I, I still, you know, it's. I still hold out hope that Ancelotti can do what he always does when he goes to teams and mm. make him a really solid unit, get the most out of him. I think the, the chance he create a, a, a brilliant. It's, I'm not surprised to see him, you know, doing fairly well on, on this chart, but it's just Everton. I just don't trust them this season, mm. especially between now and the end of the season. They're just so weird. The results they get, the fact they're so much better away from home than they are at home, the goals they concede, the the, the chances the the strikers miss, the injuries to Rodriguez and reliance on on him. I, yeah, I I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to touch Everton again. I mean, even in the wing back role, it's tempting again, but a third time, I don't know if I can go back again. And going back to Ben's chart, I mean, he they've got Arsenal and Villa, and then his predicted double in thirty five is West Ham and Villa. They play Villa in the space of two game weeks because they've got to play them twice before the end of the season. Then, yeah, Sheffield United Wolves, not bad. They end on City, of course. So the fixtures are pretty good for Everton if Mm. it does turn out this way. It is tempting again for him to be my Alonso replacement. I was looking at Saiz. Really? Well, (laughs) I know. I was looking at Saiz as well because of the next run, Burnley, West Brom, Brighton. They don't have a double in 35, but the next three... Are very strong, but it, it for me it is Leicester, Crystal Palace, Southampton, and then Newcastle, Man United, possibly in game week thirty-five. And if we go back 
to the table they've got. It's Ricardo Pereira who shows up on this table when he was a player that, sorry to mention this, as you were pimping, but is on the bench tonight. <laughs> so he doesn't. No, look- like, I, like I said, I pimped him for next, for next game week. week. All right, we'll see. You no, know, this is perfect. He's had a nice rest. Now he's ready and fresh for next week. Could happen. To vindicate me. Not likely, but could happen. But what's your thought? I mean, Castan- <laughs> Castagna's not in this table, right? He doesn't show up in this. So he's attacking. Thomas hasn't been strong of late, but he has got the assist tonight and his data doesn't include tonight's Hit game. Hit the post as well. Did he? Well, so there you go. Mm. He's showing up now, isn't he? So at five, There was seven, no signs of that. There was no, no signs of that. I, I mean, when I was, when I was researching the, the Leicester defenders, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a bit... I think the reason why Pereira stood out was just because of how none of the other defenders really seemed to show any, anything. I mean, Castagna is someone who at the start of the season was looking really, really good. Uh, 5.5 I think he got a few assists in his first few games got injured come back hasn't really shown much you look at Pereira's heat map when he plays in that wing back spot and I was just looking at that and I was thinking if he can if he can get a run of games going he's he's gonna he's gonna deliver soon he's expensive he's a risk he's missed out tonight but it has Rogers has said that he's kind of easing him you know back into it I I think he'll be back in, in for the next game uh, and I think that that Palace game is is really nice. It was a bad so, injury, wasn't it? So it was. Yeah, he's been out for been out for ages, and he came back, and then I think he he picked up a, a couple of little knocks and stuff. They're, they're, they're having to be careful with him and, mm. and manage him a bit. But the games he has played, he's been so advanced. And even you know, even games when he hasn't played in defence, he's been playing on the wing mm. as well. So what you're getting is when he's what you're getting a player when he starts is so involved in all their attacking play, and I I like I think he's a decent punt. So would Still. you would you personally risk it or would you just play safe with Castagna? Yeah, I would. would I you? would. If if I had if if I had if I had the money, my choice of all the defence, I, w- I would go for him for sure. I think if I if I'm going to be looking to get in Greenwood, I'm going to need to I'm going to need to throw a bit of money, which is why I go down to Fafana. But I have no, I'm not expecting any attacking returns out of him. I mean, Evans scored today, but that's his first goal in in bloody ages. Mm. Uh, and and Castagna again, I think. I haven't seen the game today, but it just looks like West Brom just completely fell apart in the first half. So it's hard to put too much stock into it when he's been consistently poor in his stats from from the last four, five, six games. Yeah, so it's still Pereira for me. He's, okay. the one, he's still the one I'd pick. Yeah, Castagna just hasn't been as prominent as he was early in the season. He hasn't been the factor in attack that he, he looked like he was going to be for the entire season. He just faded badly. But I like him. I, I think of all the lesser defenders, I, I don't like the insecure. I think... Going into 36, if we're going to have blanks there, as Ben predicts, you need assured starts, I think. And I think Castagna is that. Thomas played left wing back today, I think, and Castagna moved mm. right. And I just think Castagna's got the start all the time. So for me, I would favour him. But I don't know if I'd do it this week because it would be for a hit this week. And when we look at my team, I don't know if it's worth doing. Let's look at mids. This is where Greenwood really comes to the fore again. So again, this table is sorted by minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty. The last six game weeks, we saw how highly he was ranked last four, but even going back last six, he's second only to De Bruyne. De Bruyne, 114.2 minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty. De Bruyne injured, of course. Not sure when he will return. Mm. That leaves Greenwood as the standout pick here, 116 minutes over the last six game weeks per expected goal involvement. But your yeah, friend I mean, Madison is there as well. I know. There he is. And someone someone I've, I've, I've been really wanting to get in 
didn't get anything good tonight. I think I saw someone say he kind of looked like he was hobbling off again. He's had the disciplinary stuff as well. He's just a bit, hasn't really shown me enough to think that he's a, he's a much better option over Greenwood. But when you look at the rest of this list, I mean, there aren't too many. This is why the template's so strong. Because, mm. I mean, even though you look at these stats, and you're looking at players like Bale, uh, Manes and Maximan, Pulisic, Pepe, Torres. I mean, Jacob Murphy being on there. It's not exactly a list of of people that I'd be rushing out to to get in my team. Uh, so I think Greenwood and, and Madison probably are are the differential picks that I would I'd be tempted for. But I'm looking at Leicester. I'm thinking you've got Inacho, who's a cert. Vardy has had a he had a good game in the cup. Another good game tonight. And then you've got like Castanio or Pereira, whoever you want to go for. It's kind of thinking, is Madison really the one that, that can mm. kind of break up that, that template, especially when Green was there around the same price. Bale's an interesting one as well, because he came straight back, straight back in the same with, with Mason there, scored. You know, he's a player who, who likes a, someone just to have their arm around him and just say, yeah, go on, go on and do what you do. So I wonder if he can be a factor again. I don't know if I'll be going there, but. Could could be a factor if you're looking for something a bit different. But yeah. Yeah. Not the most inspirational list, I don't think. And, and also, obviously, he, he isn't predicted he won't have a double, right? And so the end of season, Sheffield United leads, Wolves, Villa, Leicester. It's not a bad end to the season. But again, are, this, is a, this is one of the questions as well we've got to ask ourselves. Are we in danger of taking these doubles too seriously and then them warping our strategy from this point on? No. Because by the time the double's out of the way, if it is 35, we've only got three weeks left. And then... You know, if we've really committed to the Dublin 35 and gone for those teams and it doesn't work out, it's only for, you're not going to run away from that. You're kind of trapped in with those players. So mm. how, if this is confirmed, say this was a definite scenario, how deep would you go with it? How many Would you take hits to get more players at doubles or have you learnt the lesson and would be more cautious? I, I don't think so. Cause I think without the chips around, I think you've got to be thinking, you know, unless you're in head-to-head, leagues it's going to kind of balance out right <laughs> because if you, if you obviously I'm, I'm in i'm in a couple of head-to-head leagues and you know i, I need to think about that because if i lose you know if, if i try and balance it between the two i might end up losing both or or whatever whereas if i can be a bit smart about who i bring in then, then it can help but at the same time if you looked at it as being like okay there's a game now and a game there and you cle- and you're clever with your transfers uh, then I think that's that's, that's probably that's probably a way to play. I, I don't I don't want to go absolutely mad on game week thirty five. I don't particularly like any of the doubles anyway. I don't really want to take too many crazy picks on players like Zaha and Everton players and stuff and and, and kind of be stuck with them. Uh, so no, I, I I think this might be one of the the least excited I get about about a double just because that blank straight after. Yeah, because if I mean- it does happen like this. All season, we've kind of leapt on the doubles. And I obviously wildcarded for the double, a bench boosted. And and looking back, really, in hindsight, I don't know whether that really worked to my advantage. Um, so I just think that one of the lessons I'm going to take into next season is just cool my boots a bit when it gets to double game weeks and just <laughs> sanity check that I'm making sound choices. You say that, blind. though. But I know. We, we, I know. we both say we get it. Lost we both in get it, don't overexcited. We? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a bench, this is the thing, isn't it? As well, I mean, if the, the you can you can look at them in separation, but if, if you've got if you've got the bench, then you can afford to be a little bit more adventurous. Because if you can get a couple of players and then switch them out in the blank with your bench players who who are you know got have got fairly decent games, then then you might be all right. But 
you know, just, just looking, the blanks are quite, you know, United, Leicester, Chelsea, they're three teams that we're probably all going to have, well, what, six players? Lover's got three Chelsea, two mm. Leicester, mm. United. It's quite, it's quite a lot of, of the team that's, that's going to be missing in that. So we're um, going to be in so, trouble in 36, aren't we? We are, yeah. And that's, that's, I guess that's one of the things with Greenwood, uh, is if you rush to get him in. But then he's got the double, I don't know, it's tricky. I mean, if you're I was getting quite him, happy not really thinking about this, to be honest. I know, but <laughs> this is it, isn't it? This is the end of season dilemma that we face. If you're getting him in for Bruno and you're freeing up that money and using it elsewhere, however you can use it, if you haven't got Trent, for example, it would free up the money to get Trent. I don't think there's too much damage in that. It depends. Going heavy on those teams that could blank in 36, you've got to be wary of it if this does mm. materialise. And the other thing I'm worried about is I was all ready to go for Saiz. You know, I was looking at him and going, Burnley, West Brom, Brighton, Alonso de Saiz makes a lot of sense the fact that i'm now looking elsewhere perhaps is a mistake that's what i'm getting at it's like well this is all very well this might not materialize but is it the right thing to abandon what your plans were because you see this double coming up and suddenly you're going to be planning for that that's what we've got to be careful of as well i think yeah yeah and i'm i'm, I'm not i'm not convinced it is i think the the one the one thing that strikes me is is, is leicester I, I just i still really really like investing in Leicester players right now because you've got these two games and then you've got the double and then you can decide kind of what to do because then they come out of that with a blank Chelsea and Tottenham as well. Mm. So then you've got the opportunity to take them out and, and you know, if you've got Madison or Pereira or whoever, then you can look to, to switch them. So I think, I think now is really is the time to invest in Leicester. Very easy to say after this one, three nil, but that was always the, the plan. Yep. Well, let's look at forwards briefly. I mean, one of the things about getting Fernandez out and getting, um, getting Greenwood in was it would free up cash, but it's not as if you can spend that cash elsewhere because up front at the moment with Kane, I mean, he's injured at the moment, but we've got to think that there's a chance that he figures at the weekend cup final. I presume, like me, you're looking at Kane and just wait and see. You're going to hold him. You're not going to think about getting rid yet and you expect him to be back. Is that how you see it? Is that Kane, sorry? Mm. I was just banning someone in the chat because it's... He's doing my nut. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Kane. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if he's if he doesn't play in the final, he's got to be out for a while. I mean, he's he's you know he's he's done his ankle again. Like, how quickly can they rush him back from that? Another ankle injury. It's like what his third one this season. They obviously are going to want him back for that final, and I do wonder if they're going to strap him up and get him on there but I think this could be another example of rushing him back too quickly just to get him out on the pitch it could cause more damage to him he, he might not be fully fit and ready for that final and the it's thing is top four is still there for them right they're not out of it so it would be a gamble throwing him in for that one game against the best probably the best team in the world a game yeah. which you probably won't win anyway I mean, I know it's silverware and Mason might be blinded by that, but I think he'd get more credit for getting them in the top four and by not playing Kane and keep trying to get him back for maybe, you know, not the next game, the game after, might be the wisest decision, surely, rather than injecting it and getting him out there. I just It's Kane though, isn't it? Like we see this time and time again, different managers. It's happened with Mourinho, it's happened with Pochettino in the Champions League final. They're not, he's not ready for the games. And I think he's the one banging on the manager's door saying... 
I'm I'm fine. I'm going to take some injections. Whatever I need, get me on the pitch. Do you think Ryan Mason, what twenty nine years old, is really going to be the person that goes? No, Harry, you're not playing in this final. Like maybe your last final for Spurs and your biggest chance to win a trophy at the club and, no, and stuff. I, true. Unless 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 Mason is told he cannot play in this game by the medical medical team, he plays. And then we'll see. I mean, we've said I've said many a time that when he when he gets injured, he takes a couple of games to get back up to speed. Yeah. He really shows it, doesn't he? I don't know what it's like. His match fitness just disappears instantly and takes him a few games to get it back. So, well, I think most it. of the time, most of the time, he's not fully fit. I think mm. most of the time, he probably needs a few more weeks to train and to get and to get you know get his body back from its <laughs> broken state. And he, and I think he's. You know, it's, it's, he's a professional, isn't he? It's a, it's a credit to him. He wants to play. He's, he's always he always wants to make himself available. Hates missing out. But I do think there are there, there has been times when he, he should. He, he, I, I'm convinced, and I know it was the most important game of Spurs is like history. But he should not have played that Champions League final. Like he should not have. He, should, he, he bench maybe. He should mm. not have started that final. Can't blame him. He, yeah. Yeah. And like you say, he might call the shots with Mason. It's very. I think he does. Very, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think he did with Mourinho a lot of the time as well. Mm. Yeah. So, and it's an interesting story because now with Var- before Vardy's form tonight, I would have said, "Well, we hold Kane because what's the alternative?" Vardy wasn't showing enough. He played better in the I mean, cup. What game, is but... what is this list? I know. There's I not. Mean, it's just. <laughs> it's not Patshuai and Ketia. Giroud, Gale, <laughs> Iheanacho, fair enough. Mm. Martinelli, Robinson, Fabio Silva, Martial, Kavalin, Is. Again, uninspiring, right? We've had it all year, though, haven't we? Where the forwards have really—I mean, Danny Ings is the player, but he's never been fit for a sustained period. And mm. Ings would be a player now where you go, okay, he's got the double game week in thirty-five, maybe he doesn't blank in thirty-six, maybe we can look at him, but he just breaks down, so he's not an option. Calvert Lewin, I've got him, and I, you know, he's probably the best option now if you want a double game week player. He doesn't blank. He will have the double game week right, in 35. Maybe not in 35, but he's going to have one. So he's a he good could, option. He could be quite a shrewd hold, actually. Yeah, well, that's why I held him, because I knew the double was coming. Yeah. I don't know. And he's fit now, right? So aside from Calvert-Lewin, though, Vardy's the only really one that stands out, isn't he? Martinelli could be, depends on how long Aubameyang is out for. Said it right. But he's, he's what? Out, he's out of position, right? Yeah. He plays on like left wing. Mm. Um, Nketiah, I mean, we don't know how bad Lacazette is. And Ketia could, well, Lacazette is out, could be a factor. But Aubameyang well, could be back in a couple of weeks, if not next week. So he'll play central. And Ketia could be. Yeah, it's slim pickings, isn't it? But Vardy has put himself forward now as a viable replacement to double up on Leicester. Yeah, Vardy's very tempting, yeah. I have to say. Mm, well, it's that run again and that double in 35, if Ben's correct. Yeah. But it's slim pickings elsewhere. I mean, I'm, I'm going to hold Calvert-Lewin and hope that... Oh, Martinelli is a mid-mark. He's a mid-season. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe that's just the opta data. Well, that means the scout data's wrong because he's listed as a forward there. So there you what go. Have I done? Yeah. Got to, got to put that right. Got to put that right. <laughs> um, he's he's a player that isn't hasn't been on their radar because he's looked effective when he gets his chances, but his chances have been few and far between because of injury. So um, he's not an option then. Fair enough. He's four point nine as well. He could be a differential midfielder if you like. Then in that case, yeah, I know. I like him now. <laughs> But yeah, it, it is real, really difficult. It's been difficult all season to find three forwards that you can really bank on, which has been obviously driven us to do things like getting Keenan Davis in and, like you say, Vidra and so on, and just going to 
Two well, and, Antonio was perfect, wasn't he? But again, like Ings, Antonio and Ings, two of the most talented fantasy mm. assets around, but just not reliable at all. And it's left us with this kind of list, yeah. Where one of them isn't even a forward, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's look at our predictions now. We haven't got the predictions table yet because um, we're not the end of the game week, but we can start looking ahead to our scores for game week 33. And yet again, we said this last week that when we don't see each other's scores, we kind of replicate each other almost. Oh my God. We've done it again. We've done it again. Straight away, we've both gone Everton to get the result at Arsenal. So what's your theory there then? Just the away form? Yeah. Pretty much, and and Arsenal are just so hit and miss, and that that that's that's kind of all there is to it. I mean, you know, they they play Fulham. Um, they were lucky. <laughs> they were lucky against Fulham mm. to to get the get the draw in that in that game. Uh, and I just, yeah, like I say, Everton. I'm finding a really tough team to to predict at the moment, but Arsenal have got these injuries, you know, to a lot of their squad and. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna back Everton. I mean I think Everton have, have have created chances, just not taken them. I still think they're subject um suspect at the back, but they sh- should start putting some of their chances away. And like I said, I think I think Calvert Loon is actually a, a, a if I was gonna pick one Everton player, it would, it would mm. definitely be him. Yeah, I was really happy when he was fit because it was really giving me a problem of what so I needed one of Rafina and Calvert Lewin to be fit and Calvert Lewin someone I I'm glad I held now because I do. I do think he's going to cause them problems in the air. Um, and Arsenal without without Lacazette and possibly Aubameyang as well. I think we'll have to turn to Enketia. So we got one different result on this table, Mark. Yeah, as in one different like outcome. Outcome. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool Newcastle. We've both gone a home win, of course. I've gone two one. I just think that Liverpool's defence will give up a chance, and Wilson or uh, Maxwell will take it. You've gone two nil. Another clean sheet for Trent. Uh, we've both gone a draw, West Ham, Chelsea. It's hard to separate these two, wasn't it? I, I've gone nil-nil because I just think that Chelsea's defence is rock solid and I don't think they offer much in the same. I mean, based on what we saw the other night against Brighton, they don't offer enough in the final third. I thought they were abject. Really, what? Well, Havertz yeah, had were. a poor game. Ziyech had a poor game. Werner came on and did nothing again. They just, without, with Mount in a deeper position, they really lacked any creativity. I think Mount's got to play further forward. Mm. Um, you're predicting two all, so you're presumably predicting Chelsea will have more clue in the final third. But well, I think you know with Rice out, I think obviously West Ham yeah. are, are a bit a bit more suspect. And you can see that they have they just haven't they just haven't got that kind of real defensive cohesion that they have when he's bossing the bossing the midfield. So I think they'll give up chances, but also I've been impressed with them still in attack going forward with with Lingard. So I think there's I think there's goals in it. I'm. I think I think that is I think the two predictions there are definitely two ways that game could go. It's either going to be quite an exciting open game, I think, or it's going to be a really cagey, boring nil nil. Mm. But I'm looking forward to watching it. So hopefully it's the the former. Yeah, it's the positions they're in as well. I mean, they're neck and neck, aren't they? They're going for that European spot, and I think there's so much at stake. That's why I've just gone nil nil. I just Dawson out as well. Yeah. Some points. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe yeah, maybe your two all could come to mm. with that. I mean, when Dawson's not played, they have struggled for sure. So mm. yeah, he's suspended, of course. Yeah. Um, Sheffield United, Brighton, we've both gone the away win. I've gone by the one goal margin. You're predicting Brighton score two goals? I know. When was the oh, last time I, I know, did that? Well, yeah. 
Well, the thing is, we rested half our team for this for this game. Um, so you know, you, you, you've got to think that they're going to be be ready to go. I think you know, they're done, aren't they? They're just, they're just done. And I think this this could be the game that really, if Brighton win this, I think that's that's it. Like we are safe. So there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, desire, desire mm. to um, to win it. And, and, you know, against Newcastle, the pressure was on. We need to get that result. We got it. And I think we will against Sheffield United as well. I think we should win this. We should. We, we just have too much of them, I think. I think our style is is good against a Sheffield United team who's probably going to watch sit back a bit and, and just accept what's coming to them. And I think we tend to do quite well when playing against teams like that. Where's the cutting edge then? Welbeck, Trossard, I guess. Yeah, and 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 Mopay will be Mopay will be back, and it's actually looked all right the last couple of games. I thought. Um, they just know what happens with with Veltman where he plays, and if if Moda plays, and and yeah, we we got we've got options. I mean, I think we'll I think we'll play a really attacking lineup, and I think we'll really get them. Sanchez clean sheet for me. Yeah, Jamie, yeah, I'll take that. Right. Uh, Wolves, right. Wolves, Burnley, feast of goals, of course. Twelve o'clock, Garden Centre, written all over it. Oh dear, you're you're going a one 0 win. I've gone one all. That's one of the outcomes we've got differently. I just fancy Burnley to one. score. Yeah, is it? I fancy Burnley to score. Um, Wolves have got Traore at the moment. That's about it. Neto's injury has kind of crippled them a bit. Um, right, we haven't had team news yet whether he's closer to a return. But where are the goals coming from for them? Whereas Burnley have got. I just think they're Nick one Wood Vidra. One of them will get a goal. I think. I've gone there. Yeah, it's 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 only really because Burnley away, and mm. I, if it was the other way around, I probably would. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just Wolves, isn't it? One 0 was just just quite a safe thing to bet on them at the moment, and I almost didn't do it because I thought, oh, they've kept they've done two one nils in a row. They're probably not going to keep a third one. I thought, no, nah, you can't. That's just basing it on you know, just because that happened doesn't mean it's going to predict the future. So yeah, I just I just got another one nil Wolves. I've been. Mean, I've been quite safe with my predictions this this week. Well, we went one nil Wolves this time, and we got it right. I mean, they're the easiest team to predict in my book. I mean, one of my wishes for next season is that Wolves become a factor again, and we can start looking at their players. As if Wolves are a, a safe like nil nil one nil team. Like, what's happened? I know, never was that. Every week, N- Nuno was you know enterprising football. The wing backs attacking. It's just not. I know. Well, Le- I think I think that I think that's your reason. I think because. Losing the two wing-backs yeah. was, was just completely messed them up. And, Unsettled and Luke, them, didn't it? Luke called Semedo straight away. He was like, there's no way he's going to come into this team and, and be what, what Doherty brought to them. And he was right. Leeds United both gone the away win. I've gone by 3-1. Uh, you've gone 2-1. And presumably we're, we're factoring in Greenwood and Cavani. And do you think Bruno can get something out of this game? I mean, it's, I, I looked at his data today. And I'm looking, I mean, we looked at it in detail last week. I still don't see enough to suggest there's been a massive slump to sell him for this game. The trouble with Bruno is you always feel like the return is there. He's still involved in a lot of obviously what United do. And I had a look at some new data today about passes into the penalty area. He's made the most successful pass into the penalty area all season than any other player. Um, he continues to be at the hub of everything, but he's just that with Pogba in the team. It's different, isn't it? It just feels different. His role. I mean, why? Why aren't there any penalties in the world? That's you know, that's why. That's one reason. Mm. Yeah, as much as we joked about it, it was quite a consistent return that you got from him because you had the likes of Rashford, Martial, 
um, Dan James, whoever it was, fast players getting brought down. He steps up, takes it. I think with Greenwood there over Cavani, I fancy them to to get a penalty or, or two before the end of the season because um, he, he, I think he's going to invite it more because he'd get a touch and a defender's got to come in quick because he's he's so he's so fast to pull the trigger and and so accurate with how he shot. So that might rush defenders a bit more in, into making tackles. Uh, I think this. I think this is a good game for him. Obviously, because of what you said, the stats are still decent. Leeds are probably going to play quite open. It's an amazing game earlier mm. in the season as well. And yeah, I, 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 I think it's, it's going to. I mean, he's you know he's a he's a one of the best players in the league, playing for a team with the best attacking stats in the league, playing against a team that can concede loads of goals. I don't think this is the game to be getting rid of him, even no. though he's even though he's been blanking. I mean, a few, as I said, a few months back, we were saying he was the best FBL asset around, and he was. You know, he was performing at that level, um, and and it has coincided with Pogba breaking into the team. There is something in that, perhaps the penalties. Yeah, I feel just think generally defenders have just wised up to the penalties. You know, the whole yeah. hands tucked in, but also the challenges. They are really making fewer challenges in the penalty area, and the penalties that we've seen have been really silly rash challenges sliding tackles on on one of the sidelines of the box. They haven't been like trips to deny an obvious goal scoring opportunity as such. Mm. They've been just careless yeah. momentum type tackles, really. So I just think generally defenders have wised up. And so that's why and you think you're right, Bruno's penalties did perhaps pull the wool over our eyes a little bit and perhaps make him look like a stronger asset than he really was. But I guess you could accuse Salah of that for a spell as well. So yeah, I mean I'm not going to get rid for this game, but I've got to consider it going forward because he, he has, as I said, he's done wise If this was, you know, 10 weeks ago, this would be the game. He'd be an almost automatic oh, captain. captain, yeah. But the fact that neither of us are even really thinking about him for the captain option in this, which is probably their best game, I think, best potential-wise between now and the end of the season for him, is this, and I'm not even thinking mm. about him, kind of shows off how far he's, he's fallen. Yeah. I mean, he will be a differential captain. You'd be brave to go with him over Salah, but on paper, like you said, you would say he, he would be first choice a few months back. Well, he would have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Villa West Brom won all, both gone for the same outcome, same score. <laughs> Villa struggle for goals. It's a local derby. If Grealish was back, I'd tip him to win this for them, but we just don't think he will be. So we've gone a draw here. West Brom, presumably down yeah, after that. I'm a bit less confident on that one after West Brom oh, today, yeah. just f- completely falling apart. I mean, you've been, if you know. If, I thought they'd win there. If, if the results were coming in for West Brom that you predicted, they'd be about 10th in table by now. You've been backing them every, every, every week to get something. Um, yeah, I wonder when that that is going to end. Like, they, you know, they, they another big defeat today. They really are clinging on now. Um, it's, only, it's only Fulham that, that I think can, that can survive. And I think that's probably too much for them now. Brom I think, I think it's going to be it's Fulham, Fulham, West Brom, Shelby Knight. I think that's pretty much locked in now to, to go down. So I agree. And Leicester Palace, I've only gone 2-1, you've gone 3-0. I imagine you're pretty confident in that now after tonight. Yeah, it's all firing. I mean, getting, you know, we, we talked about Vardy last week. We said he didn't look right. Um, he's back, back at the perfect time. Like I said, good performance in the cup. And now and now, and now, now again tonight, playing against Palace, who I, I think are, are, are probably the, the, the team in the league that can fall apart if, if, if the teams are really at them and go at them. Uh, probably similar to West Brom. So yeah, I, f- I fancy Leicester to really go out them there. Getting some players back. Madison's back. Pereira's going to play. 
uh, getting a bit more solid in defence. Should be a good game for them. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, I, I wonder what it was with Vardy, why he looked so off it at West Ham. I wonder whether the, the hip injury he's got was troubling him in that game. I haven't seen tonight's game. I don't know how he performed, but the output was great. I imagine his performance was good as well. Um, and like I said, with the Kane injury looming as well, suddenly that option is, is awake again and alive to us. Um, let's look at the captain. Um, the captain matrix is something that obviously we've got now to the end of the season. We can plot every captaincy up there. And we talked about Bruno last week and the fact that he doesn't really factor in this. And that's another reason why after this Leeds game, he doesn't really have a match where we would look to him as captain over anybody else. Maybe mm. game week 37 at home to Fulham when Fulham are down by that point, I imagine. But you've always got Salah or De Bruyne or Kane at home to Villa. And they're strong alternatives. Plus you can go Lingard or Rafinha in that week. So I'm still, I haven't changed too much in this other than add a few differentials for this game week with Salah as the standout pick. So let's look at the data behind that. Um, and I, as I looked at this, you know, data over the season and also over the last four game weeks, it was really Salah's recent form. We spoke about it earlier. That makes me think this isn't the game week to take a risk and take a punt. There's people on Twitter talking about it and eyeing up Greenwood. Um, maybe Inacho as well, who's at home to Crystal Palace, and you've tipped a big win there. What's your view? Is is Salah so standout that you wouldn't dare go differential? I, I, th- I think you're being a little bit harsh not putting Inacho and Vardy in, in that primary captain bracket because I think I, I don't think there's a huge amount in it be- between the three of them. And a few weeks ago, I would have said Salah was obvious. But given that Newcastle have been better, Liverpool mm. still haven't been impressing too much. And how good Leicester were tonight, and the fact I think it's, just, it's probably the best game of the week. And just what Iheanacho is doing, I mean, just every week, I, I just never thought he could be like a reliable, like goaler, goal, goaler game type person. I mean, if I had Vardy, I, I think I'd probably go with him. Well, he this would, he would, he'd be, he'd be, I'd go This for. is what's interesting because this data was before with tonight's game. Well. Before tonight's game, last four game weeks, Vardy's expected goal involvement, non-penalty. 620.7 minutes. He was having a shot. He was having one shot a game over the last four game weeks. So his yeah. data was awful. Now, his data is never something to judge him by. He's not a player you, you look at his stats for. But even by his standards, his data had gone and declined massively. And he was failing the eye test as well. So tonight's performance and return has just changed everything. And yeah, I think you're right. Off the back of tonight. Vardy has got to be considered. Ian Acho is there as well. I just, I mean, I'm getting Salah in. Right? I don't have Salah at the moment. And the plan was always to go Son to Salah. I've saved the money to do it. I was thinking of maybe doing Bruno to Salah, but it probably will be Son to Salah because obviously Son is inactive. It means I've got more chance of making sure I get an 11 out. And I think if I'm going to get Salah in, I've got to put the armband on him. He'll be, he's what effective. What about home record, Mark? Yeah. I know, and I've said it before. <laughs> I think Newcastle are a better team now, obviously, but I think they they could be more open. I think they, you know, they, I don't know what their tactics are going to be at, at Anfield. Normally, without Sam Maximan and Wilson, you know exactly what Bruce is going to do. He'll turn mm. up with as many defenders on the pitch as he can and try and hold on and hope for a set piece. With Sam Maximan and Wilson in the team, and it, presumably he'll start Almiron as well, I don't know if he'll do that. I wonder if he'll just go and have a go at it. What do you think? 
Yeah, could do. Yeah, someone's put it out in the chat. It's home record and the early kickoff. Two big factors for you when it's coming to yeah, picking your captain. I do hate the early <laughs> kickoff. Yeah, I hope so. I hope Newcastle do to go at them. They, they, they've been a hard team to predict. Like they, they put, what, had that six centre mids on against Sheffield United and then really went at City or whoever it was. And it's hard to predict what, the, what they're going to kind of do. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, FPL Swat in the chat says, I actually eight shots tonight, four in the box, top of all shot stats. So, you know, I think the question mark a few weeks ago was, is it Vardy or Iheanacho? I think it's now, is it Vardy and Iheanacho? Because Iheanacho just is is locked in. Um, the captaincy between them, again, you could get sway because Vardy's got the high price tag as well, but he has got the penalties. And really, I think they're the ones that, that really rival Salah. I, 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 I listen to you sometimes and I think the new, the Newcastle factor, the fact they've been better and the fact that Liverpool at home haven't been so strong, it definitely does sway me towards one of the Leicester players this week. Yeah, I'm about to admit, I mean, off the back of what I, well, I haven't seen it, but the result tonight, it does narrow it a lot. Um, I mean, let's look at the defensive data behind this. Um, so Leicester obviously played Crystal Palace. Over the last four, they've been poor. Only Sheffield United worse amongst the opposition to our candidates. So per X, minutes per XG conceded over the last four, 39.5, conceded a chance every 5.8 minutes. I mean, Newcastle aren't much better. They conceded a chance every 5.7 minutes, so more frequently. And minutes per XG, 47.7. So Newcastle's defence over the last four is better than, than Palace's, certainly in terms of big chances conceded every 40 minutes, whereas Palace have conceded a big chance every 22.5. The data suggests there's a big win for Leicester off the back of tonight. If Vardy is back, Madison mm. may be getting up to speed and Iheanacho, obviously, form is undeniable. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think after tonight's game, the gap between Salah and the rest has narrowed. And for me, Iheanacho is what I, would, what I would go with. So I am tempted. I'm tempted in terms of taking a pump. The trouble is... As I've said to you before, I've taken punts for a couple of weeks now. I went with Fina. I went with Sterling. And so I played safe with Kane, obviously. I'm just tempted to just play safe again with Salah because it's most is likely... Is he a punt, though? Would you, would you describe Ian Asher at this point as, yeah, as well, a this punt? Yeah, this is it. Because I, 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 I don't think he is. I mean, mm. he's, he's the most informed player in, in FPL. He's delivered 6-13-2-17-9-9. In, in his last games, he's, he's just absolutely crazy, like, form-wise. I think he obviously hasn't got the pedigree of doing it over continuous seasons and Salah, but I think it might be might be doing him a bit of a disservice to say that it's, it's a punt, given his ownership as well, and, and I think quite a few people are going to be are going to be going there. Yeah, he does, Salah has the penalties. Salah's had the rest and he's going to start for sure. That's true. It, I, it's, it's very much closer now than it was mm. 24 hours the ago. Last week. Yeah, exactly. I know, it is. Yep. And, and, I, and I think there's real merit in going with Inacho. I mean, the defensive data for Crystal Palace backs it up. Of course, the stats for Inacho back it up. Tonight, he returned again. And Salah at home has been pretty disappointing. Well, very disappointing, as of Liverpool, of course. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now in two minds, definitely. And it, it really depends on... What and, and we talked about this before about confidence, right? And and you kind of poo-pooed the idea that it should be a factor, momentum, if you like. But it has affected me. Like 
by going with the differential picks for those two weeks and failing, it has made me go into my shell a bit with the captaincy and go, oh, just play safe. Um, but at the same time, I'm conscious of the fact that my team is template, 81% according to Ragabolly's site. And I, if I want to get in the top 1K, I've got to do something different, I think, at some point. And I look, I look at the last three game weeks and think that's where I will maybe push. But maybe Inacho is the way to do, go. Do you, do you think Salah's EO is going to be higher than Inacho's though? Yeah, I think most people will go with Salah. I don't think there's any doubt. I think it's going to be close. Do you? I, I, I don't. I don't think it's as big a as big a pun as as you seem to think. I think I think Inacho's ownership is going to be higher. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are gonna are gonna give him the armband based on his based on his form. I think it's gonna be close between them actually. Um Yeah, I mean I only poo poo the idea of momentum because it, it doesn't influence the result. No, of course not. That's 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 all that's all I that's all I mean. I mean it's it's you know, it's I get it from a psychological perspective. Mm. Um and you know, this is what I said about mode when you were talking to him on, on the pod and how people take like a snapshot of a strategy and try it for a few weeks and then give up on it. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's the bad strategy or the wrong strategy or, or, you know, taking these puns. But also it depends on, on where you are in the, in the rank. And I, I don't think this, this is like a season defining decision between them. Cause I think they're both good options. I think they're both going to be highly owned anyway. I don't think any is a real punt. It's not like me going for Trossard when Kane had such a high, high, high ownership. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 really close between them this week. Mm. It's really interesting. Mm. Well, let's look at our teams and what we're going to do. Um, you talked about your transfers earlier. So talk us through this eleven that you've got there. You've just got Nacho oh, up yeah. front in a five-four-one. What are you going to do with <laughs> yeah, this shower? Bit, bit of a mess, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Mending goal: Trent, Regulon, Cody, Rudiger, Holding, Salah, Fernandez, Jota, Lingard, Inacho. The good news is I do have two free transfers, so I can mix things up a bit. Uh, I don't want Regulon going forward, so he's an easy he's an easy move. Um, it's just what direction I go really, because I'm, I'm I'm either going to go up to to Pereira, I think, or, or down uh, to Fafana, and then that gives me a little bit of money to play with. I could do Kane to Vardy, which is something I'm, I'm considering. Jota. I don't know what's going on with Jota. We might know a bit more about it tomorrow. Might know a bit more about Kane tomorrow mm. as well. So it's quite hard to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, but for example, I could, if, if Jota's going to be out for a few weeks and Kane's sort of nearing fitness, I think I'd do Regulon and Jota to Greenwood and uh, Fafana. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I it, you're right. It's almost like we've got to try and find a, pay, a place for Greenwood. I definitely subscribe to that. It feels a bit like chasing points. I worry about the fixtures. And I, guess I think it's I, got to be this week because it's got, it's got, you've got to target that Leeds game. Yeah, and I, I guess then that gives it. you the ability to to lose Fernandez with exactly coverage is a bad word, but it is a factor, right? It is, I mean, if you have Greenwood, does it feel better losing Fernandez if you have Greenwood? I think it does. Yeah, and I, and I think looking at it logically, I, if if you're going to take one United player forward. Which which one do you want? It's because it's not it's not just a case of Greenwood versus Fernandez. It's a case of Greenwood and what five million mm. versus Fernandez. And when Vardy is there as a, as a kind of potential option that I, I could maybe move to, having that quite extra chunk of money could could actually come in useful. Well, you want to be able to upgrade Davis because you don't want to take him in at thirty six if the blanks are exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So maybe the Calvert Lewin or something like that is what you could do. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, we'll see what you do. You've got less than 24 hours to decide, of course. Deadline on Friday. I know. They come yeah. out quick, I don't, don't, I don't like the Friday deadlines. It, it does, just feels rushed, doesn't it? To have to make up your mind there. You have got all the press, mm. the embargo stuff not come out. It's, don't like it. <laughs> um, so I've got at the moment Sanchez. He's, he's obviously an active keeper, which, which is a novelty, which is nice. Um, yeah. At Sheffield United, hopefully he gets me something there. Alonso at the moment, Trent, Rudiger, Son, who would be the player I'm going to get rid of, has got the armband. Obviously, that's going to be Salah. Uh, Lingard, Fernandes, Jota, Rathina, Inacho, Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin being fit changes everything. I didn't like my team at all until that. Because with the flag on him, I would have possibly Rafina, Calvert-Lewin and Alonso not playing. And then, you know, I'm bringing in Dallas and holding for sure. Now, I mean, Alonso will not start at West Ham. And so I probably will have to go with Dallas or holding because there's a chance Alonso gets some minutes. I don't, I think Chilwell starts. Alonso is dreadful. Um, and it, it's Chilwell's shirt, surely. <laughs> So Alonso didn't work. I mean, I might hold him because the Fulham game could be a game where he comes back in because that that Fulham game is around the the European tie. So Alonso might be worth holding. I do think that should I go Alonso to Castagna to get that Leicester defender for the Palace game and then pocket someone who's likely to have a double? It's a consideration, but for a hit, Mm. I don't think it's I mean, my, my, my big question for you is you're losing Son. Mm. if Kane is, is injured for longer you're losing a player who's probably playing out of position and on penalties about to play Sheffield United have you got plans to get him back? Yeah well I guess I guess I would have to do Bruno to Son wouldn't I? Yeah you'd have to mm. yep. which would um, give me a lot of money and I don't know where I would spend that money because like we said <laughs> where'd you go? And I guess if Kane is out long term then he would have to go as well I mean there's hits coming up isn't there? There's going to be hits. If not this week, they're coming. Um, <laughs> I, guess, I guess the hits would be more palatable when we know what's going to happen with the double game weeks. When we know the double game week fixtures are there, the four-point hits suddenly turn into two. But as we've seen with Ben's scenario, we've got to be wary of the blanks as well. So it's a big problem. Yeah. As as happy as I was going Maverick with the Trossard captaincy, mm. I'm just as happy that I went boring with getting Son in. Because, you know, he's delivered in both games. He's saved me a transfer, not having to get him. So that was actually that was actually probably one of my better decisions this, this season is is ignoring you calling me, uh, calling my my mild card a mild card, which it was. It was, but, but it's yeah. come off for you. It's been effective. It has. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. I, I, I think that the Sterling move, which saw me take a risk on him has put me back in that it means yeah, I'm one exactly. step I'm one step behind now. I don't have Salah, so I've got to get him. Then I won't have Son, so I've probably got to get him back. The only thing that saves me is the Calvert-Lewin thing because I'm probably one step ahead there because he's a player that once mm. the double is announced, people are going to want. So I may be level now having been behind. So that's why I'm thankful I held Calvert-Lewin. But that Sterling move frustrates me now. I've got to learn from that. I got kind of dazzled by the chance of a long shot coming off and it not only cost me in that game week I think it's going to cost me a couple more maybe for the run-in so we'll see how costly that's going to be I'm hoping Calvert-Lewin compensates for that so yeah I've got a lot of decisions to make it's going to be based on Rafina's fitness if if Bielsa confirms he's fit I then have the option that I could get Bruno out but it's just getting rid of him for the Leeds game 
feels wrong. It would mean I could keep Son then. So that is something yeah, I consider. It's, yeah, it's, it, is, it is a tricky it's one. difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. It is. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, mate, you could even maybe say if, if Jota wasn't injured, maybe just stick with Jota and, and give him the captaincy if you're, if you're sure in Liverpool or whatever. But uh, the other thing, though, is without Jota there, yeah, is Salah actually problem. a worse option? Because he's Possibly. Good, they're, less, they're less good. Yeah, it's... It's difficult. Ding, 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 yeah, ding, ding, less than twenty four hours as well to, to draw conclusions on this. Um, yeah, I, I, I personally wouldn't be wanting to go into this without Salah. So I think you, you mm. do need to sell. I think you do need to sell Son. Yeah, but I would, I would definitely be getting him back for that. Sheffield I mean, the way I look Especially at it is the, 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 the strategy I've always had is sell the player who's not getting you points or injured and can't get you points. Son can't get me anything, so he's, he's got to be the player to sell. I think mm. on that logic. Yeah. Salah's okay. a player to bring in. Um, and that would mean by by getting an inactive player out and Salah in, it means I can absorb Rafina being out and maybe Yotta being out as well. We'll have to see. So, well, um, I mean, abs- absolute worst case scenario, this is all like Sterling and being one transfer bonus that's cost you four points, right? Mm. And you're 3K in the world and, you know, as long as you get more decisions right than you get wrong, you'll, you'll have had a good season. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel I feel like I'd have to have a disaster now to drop out the 10K. Like to think I can put the brakes on it. There's a soundbite. There's a soundbite. Yeah, bite. Come, well, on. Finally, Come on. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> shouldn't have said that. Here we that, go. Here that, we go. That could be sampled and played back to me later if only <laughs> you have the capability that I've got here. But yeah, I know. I, know. I, do, I do feel like that. I think I'm 20 odd points clear now of the 10K. So I, I think if, if I had a bad game, I'd just play conservative and try and hold the top 10K rank. So it's a question now of how much I push. How much do I push to try and get in the top 1K? Very difficult. I've got a lot to consider over the next few hours. Um, let's uh, talk about a couple of things to end on. Let's bring up The Apprentice again. Just to reiterate, this is what we're looking for next season and pre-season. We are looking for somebody out there, or maybe more than one person out there, who is new to FBL, knows a bit about football, and will be willing to come on the podcast, come on the stream, and someone who'd be willing to be a guinea pig for me and Az to kind of teach them the ways of FBL, but also gradually expose them to the different kind of strategies in FBL, whether that be stats, whether that be the community noise on Twitter, whether that be the concept of the eye test and stuff like that. It's something we're quite excited about and something we've already got some good suggestions and candidates out there, but we're looking for more, aren't we, Az? We sure are, yeah, and and you know this 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 the the, the like I said we had, we had a brilliant video um, from someone kind of doing a, an apprentice style interview, and you know if if you if you do have the time to put one of those together, it it's great to see you because you know it, realistically if if we look at your email, and we decide that we you know like the look of you, we'll probably call you up. You probably have to do a little interview interview in the loosest sense of the word, a chat with us, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it did. It did really sound up. If you're interested, get in touch. At Apprentice at fplblackbox.com. Uh, this is going to roll on for a while. We're not in a, a mad rush to pick people, but like I said, we are getting some applications in now. So if you're interested, or if you know someone that's interested, so if you listen to, um, you know, if you watch football with with your wife or your partner or friends or family, and, and none of them know what FPL is or um, or anything like that, then it's a good opportunity and for them to to learn. Uh, and there's not, there's been nothing like this done that I know of in, in the community at all. So 
someone coming in completely fresh with, uh, you know, coming on podcasts and talking about their experience as a new player should be something really, really interesting. So get in touch if you know anyone. That wants yeah, to absolutely. Uh, that'd be really good. The other thing I want to talk about is um, Fancy Football Fest, which is something that I've announced that I'm involved with. So I just want to briefly touch on that. That is another exciting thing, hopefully for the pre-season. We've got a launch party coming up on the 13th of August, which is the day before or the day the season starts, if there is a Friday kickoff. Um, Scout are partnered with us. Hub are partnered with us. Fix are partnered with us. So we've, we are literally uniting the community. So... Ed, Gianni and myself are very excited about that. And hopefully when the tickets go on sale, I get the chance to meet some of the people out there in the community and maybe some of the people in chat tonight as well. You're going to come along, aren't you, guys? I mean, it's the, the day of the deadline, but you'll be there. Of course I am. There'll be booze there, right? There'll be booze. We hope there'll be the match <laughs> live as well, whatever that match will be. And it, it's, it's going to be good. I mean, it, after all this time kind of being in lockdown and also me being more active in the community, for me, I'm really looking forward to putting faces to Twitter handles, if you like, and and also kind of meeting some of the other content creators out there that I've admired over the last six months, nine months, that have just done brilliant stuff and talking about what we do. So hopefully there'll be a lot of, of, of names there from the community and obviously hopefully a lot of people that are in chat as well get a chance to come along. It's the, first, it's the launch party. After that, we're obviously going to be doing hopefully bigger events pre-season, Christmas events as well. That's what it's going to be about. Um, it's something I've talked about for a while when I was with Scout, and it's something I'm really excited to be involved in from this Very point cool. on. So I'll talk about that more when there's more details. But yeah, hope to see. In, in my see mind, if Bill Pot Noodle was just a big walking pot noodle, with oh, I hope so. Legs. Yeah, I hope so. If he's this is it. Is it going to be weird? Is it meeting the people that are behind the, the Twitter handles and stuff in person? And um, I, I, I said last week about the community how it comes together. And I think that, yeah, a lot of people go on about the FBL community having some bad aspects to it. But I generally think, I mean, I've been in gaming communities and they have their problems and which go beyond anything that I've seen in the FBL community. Mm. So I generally think it's a, it's a brilliant community. I really love it. And I think something like this every year will bring it even closer together, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. It'll be really good. Um, so that's that. Um, I think that all that's left then is, oh, no, one more mention. Uh, I mentioned Pete. Uh, Wilkins, who is a, a friend of the show, helping me to set this studio up, and he got through to the last sixty-four. Of the cup has. Oh yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? And there was another There's someone guy else on Twitter yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, I did. I can note then. It's Aia Das, who you con- congratulated today. He is also in the last sixty-four of the FBL Cup. So, Aia and Pete are our two teams that we will follow into the final rounds hopefully yeah, they meet in sure. the final that would be awesome oh my god that would be good but it'd be so great if someone we know actually wins that cup because um as we've said previously it's been a mystery to us we've mm. never known what it's like or known anyone who's got into the uh, later round so keep going pete and aria and we'll follow your progress no black box league to touch on this week because the game week's not over but we will bring that back on yeah sorry connor i know you're in chat again you will have your <laughs> your moment again next week when we check in on how you guys are doing. So it's just over to you now, As, to do the special Are we doing night. a backstage tonight? We can do a backstage tonight. I'm up for it. Very much so. Tonight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, until then, uh, again, we've got 1,400 watching live, 217 likes. So smash that like button. Smash it right now, as I always say. Um, but yeah, great show, Mark. Thanks for all the work you put in, as usual. And thanks, everyone, for watching. 
And if anyone wants to stay on, we will be switching over to another a video to do the backstage stuff. We can ask us some questions. Um, but if not, then we'll see you next week. Yeah, 14K subs we hit last week, didn't we? So we're climbing Ooh. up. Keep us going. Keep us going. It'd be good if we can get near 20 before the start of next season. That's a little target for us. But yeah, so it's, um, yeah. good night from me. Good night, Ron. Podcast Network.